Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast in this 2022-2023 Missouri Valley Conference season. On this episode three, we've got a couple more head coaches in the Missouri Valley Conference. Coach Matt Loddick of the Valparaiso Beacons and Coach Dana Ford of the Missouri State Bears. And before we get into that, we had some big news in Valley Play. The conference schedule was released, so we are going to talk a little bit about that while I introduce my co-host. How are we doing today, Baker? Vance, we're doing good. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a cool time of the year when this Valley schedule comes out. It's kind of like a Christmas uh, where we get to kind of see when, uh, which games you're going to. And uh, I think I know the answer to this because we've been doing this podcast long enough. But what was the first thing that you looked at when you saw the schedule? Um, if Southern was playing in Nashville, Tennessee on a Saturday. Oh, wow. So that was your first question or the first it, thing you looked it, for. It was because we've been talking about it. Um, but then also my second one is um, when does do the Salukis come to Illinois State and Bradley? Because that is uh, the proximity and the location that I live in. So it's way wrong on both of those accounts because you would always come on here and you talk about like you would always look at game 18 and now it's game 20 and you'd always want to see what the Valley thinks. But um no, that's uh, so. What, what? Which Saturday do the Salukis go to Nashville? Do, do you have <laughs> hey, that on the schedule? <laughs> hey, none of them, Baker. <laughs> when? When because... do you guys? When do you guys play at Nashville, though? That is, uh, we don't play in Nashville. Baker. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no. <laughs> um I, hey we've got all of that and we'll break that's that down tough. here real quick um, as we go over kind of the general high level here but <laughs> hey baker i'm with you on that um, another one is going to that week or not week i'm in football mindset game 20 um that is one thing that we definitely looked at this year and uh, that was a little bit of feedback online in the twitterverse wasn't it this year baker yeah, a little people didn't understand how it went. But um, for people that don't remember, we had uh, Mike Kern on the show, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And he was kind of, we'd asked him, I think you asked him, uh, you know, do you guys look at that last game of the season and try to get the theatrics, try to find that right matchup to your best of your ability based on kind of guessing where you think people are finishing? He answered yes. That was 100% what they do. Um, based on TV contracts, because I think they have a deal with ESPN and then CBS Sports for a couple games, and so they want to make those as good as they can. So when you look at that last day, though, it's uh, yeah, definitely the, the game that stands out to I think everybody is that one at the top. It's that Drake at Bradley game. Absolutely, and that's what I was going with is I think that any Valley fan here has to – without a reasonable amount of just pure um, bias towards their team, uh, Drake – will what I believe be the number one um, team whenever the preseason rankings come out. So as you put in that crystal ball, you put it into the equation, everyone's going to look and see where Drake is at on that final game. That's game 20 on February 26th, a Sunday. And yeah, Drake will be in Peoria, Illinois. So everyone starts to kind of think, um, you know, um, I, I think it's not within the realm of possibility that you've got a matchup there of what expectations will be two teams that will be in definitely the top half and definitely that top tier um, whenever game 20 uh, comes around. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think that both of those teams, I mean, obviously Drake, but I think Bradley, um, not to try to give too much away, but are in that very next tier underneath Drake uh, going into this season with another team as well. Um, so, yeah, definitely the matchup that that is interesting. And then the other piece of that day is, have we ever finished the season on a Sunday? I was thinking that as well. I was very um, – Neither one I of us did the, did the research on it. but No, I can't imagine we have because it's been Saturday ever since I've known it. And so I just wonder if building in another day, um, assuming – kind of taking away the rest day on the on the back end and put it on the front end of mm-hmm. the uh, the conference season in my mind. Yeah, and, and I mean, from Sunday to Thursday, that's not – you're not looking at a huge – or like a real quick turnaround. That's not a big deal. So, um, no, that was interesting. I know the first thing I looked at, um, obviously I was excited to see that Illinois State will be making their trip to Nashville on a Saturday. So, yep. that is uh, pretty awesome for this guy here. Uh the winners in that one, Baker. The, the winners in that one, Baker. So if you are playing the national on a Saturday, I'm excluding Sunday games. So I'm just giving just the Saturday ones. Um, your Redbirds, the Northern Iowa Panthers, and the Missouri State Bears are all in Nashville on Saturday. Which is, you know what? Thank you, thank you to the Missouri Valley Conference offices. I really appreciate you doing that. Um, pretty excited to go uh, go to my first game at Belmont. Go visit Nashville. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but no, just. Uh, Overall, I mean, we're playing. You can look at a lot of people have online who's not playing, who who is playing, who's only playing the one game against each other. Who doesn't have? I'm saying a home game against one team or a road game against one team. Um, it, to me, it felt like the Valley did the best possible job to make sure that the top teams are playing each other twice, and conversely, the bottom teams are playing each other twice. Did you kind of get that vibe too? Um. Kind of um, with Southern not playing Belmont, um, I thought that yeah, was that was interesting that was one. an interesting one. You're right, and that was another one that I kind of pointed to geographically too. Um, that's only a three hour drive, a little bit over a three hour drive to Nashville from Carbondale. So I thought that was really manageable as well. Um, so I thought it was that one was interesting. That I just wonder if it was logistics that played mm. into it um, because I thought just regionally um, they might try and start bolstering that Murray Southern Missouri state Belmont, like kind of Southern anchor of the Missouri Valley and try and uh, capitalize on that, uh, which is, is not the case this year. No, you know what? And, and there was one other one that I did that I looked at kind of on the same vein as your uh, Belmont SIU one was Bradley and Indiana state. Um, Mm -hmm. Bradley will not host uh, Indiana state this year. Uh, which I think is it's interesting because Indiana State's kind of in that range. They'll be in that mix with Belmont as kind of one of those teams that, you know, could finish in one of about six spots. So um, they're, they're, I mean, they're one of the more interesting teams for me this year going in the league because I think that they could be kind of boom or bust. Yeah, I'm, I'm also excited. I'm looking kind of on the, on the state breakout as well. All the state schools will play each other. So there, it's not like an Illinois team is not going to you know get a crack at another Illinois team. I think that that's important from a regional uh, uh, um, perspective. Yeah, and I'm hoping, and I, I don't know if the Valley's, Valley's done this yet. I'll be curious. Uh, hopefully we can get somebody on to talk about the how they created the schedule this year. But one thing I would ask is, you know, this is year one. Are you going to model the schedule like this every single year going forward? Whereas, you know, I, do we get to year nine when we kind of get to a point where, okay, it's Illinois State's turn to only play Bradley once or Illinois State's turn to only play Southern once. 
I would hope that doesn't ever come to that, but I'd be curious if that ever comes into play or if you, like you said, they kind of have those, those geographical staples of your schedule and you build around that. Exactly. And you just think from a recruiting perspective and just being in the state, you would, I hope it would never come to a day that, um, you know, Southern doesn't play Illinois state or UIC for that matter. Um, but unfortunately even on the football side of the side of the scheduling, uh, that is occurring, uh, this year, um, Illinois schools are not playing each other in, in future really? years. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, that, that would not be fun. I think that we kind of need to have, like, I think the, I think I want to say the big 10 has like a protected, like a couple teams that are protected on the schedule, like Ohio state and Michigan are like protected football game. I hope the Valley does that. We're like, Illinois State will be protected against, you know, SIU Bradley and UIC every year. Absolutely. But, hey, it's a great time of the season, Baker. Uh, conference and non-conference schedules are starting to come out. Um, we've got media day coming up uh, for the Missouri Valley. Um, and it's just a great time to be a Valley fan in the midst of all the football talk. Basketball is on the horizon, Baker. All right, Valley fans, I am excited to be joined by Coach Matt Loddick of the Valparaiso Beacons. Matt's in his seventh season as head coach of the Beacons, and he's going to join us to talk a little bit about Missouri Valley Hoops and his Beacons. How are we doing today, Coach? Doing well. Uh, fun time of year, so I'm excited. I know, summer is getting going, and... Um, you know, one thing, Matt, you know, this is the first time we, we've uh, talked with you, and I'm kind of curious in your background a little bit. So you played professionally. Uh, actually, you played at, uh, at Stanford, played professionally. You were in college scouting. What brought you to Valparaiso as an assistant in 2013? Yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, graduated in 04. Um, you know, my Stanford team said uh, we had a pretty good run. Um played professional years and um you know like a lot of pro athletes got done it was kind of like what's next and um you know when Bryce called and you know that summer I mean it was it seemed like a perfect fit I just actually bought a house in the Chicago land area and I was in it about three months sold it and uh, moved to Valpo okay so you're in the area um I guess of Chicago and proximity to Valparaiso so it's kind of an easy, or I'm using air quotes here, easy transition over to Valparaiso. So uh, was being in the Midwest kind of a primary target for you? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I think it was, um, you know, in, in some ways just we were going to settle somewhere where you're familiar. And, and right. so my wife and I had a lot of a lot of stuff and, and um, you know, options to settle where we were familiar. And, you know, things kind of went from there. Cool. No, that's good. Thanks for taking a little bit uh, through your background. So uh, before we get into your team this year, I wanted to ask kind of your thoughts on the three new schools joining the Valley and uh, moving to a 20-game regular season this year. Uh, Any thoughts, you know, kind of approach for this year with uh, the new teams and the new uh, schedule format? No, I mean, I think it's it was a no-brainer. You know, obviously the leadership of the Valley has been strong for a long time. Um, Commissioner Jackson's doing a great job of, um, you know, you know, got Belmont um, on board, Murray on board, and UIC. Um, you know, the Valley's it's a fun league. Every game's obviously, um, you know, going to come down to a to the wire. I say everyone's going to be five, you know, twenty five point games. Um, got to be ready for it. And um, so we're excited about it. And uh, um, yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Good. And so we've asked a couple of coaches this already. Um, so we're, you know, we played the one game in Dece- the one conference game in December last year. Uh, we're going to have to bump it up to two league games in the middle of the non-conference slate. How does preparation uh, look like? And kind of just general thoughts around that that conference break in the middle of non-conference. Yeah, I mean, it's it just is what it is. You know, I don't think um, – I think actually it's going to be kind of fun, um, you know, because when you do get into just conference games one after another, um, you know, and the familiarity and everything, I mean, the, the games just become a grind. So I think, right, the non-con's fun because you don't, you know, play the same team every year. Um, and then – um, actually just being able to make those adjustments and, and, and get into a conference game and then back out of it, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Good. And uh, speaking of fun, you mentioned this as we got on the phone was uh, it's a fun time of year, you know, with the guys getting back to campus. Um, so I'd say rightfully so. A lot of people are in kind of a football mode. The college uh, football season just kicked off. You know, as fans, we obviously have certain triggers in our mindsets that get us in gear and excited for a new season. You know, as a fan of the Valley, it's the release of the Valley schedule for me and the preseason rankings and all of that. As a head coach, is there anything you look forward to with a new season and you can sit back and say, all right, it's college basketball time? (laughs) You know, I think for me, I look at it, there's seasons within seasons, right? Um, And so, you know, now in a lot of ways, you go year round. And and so yeah. for us, right, we have our summer season and, you know, we try to win that going into that summer slate every year. Um, you know, this year it was, um, you know, trying to add some new faces that we think are going to be key. Um, but then, you know, making sure, um, you know, establishing roles, you know, Ben and Kobe coming back to 15 point scores for us. I mean, um, that's big. And so, you know, establishing those roles around those guys. Um, and then now, you know, we're in our preseason, we're in our fall schedule, um, and we try to be, um, you know, try to win that as well. And right now we're trying to establish our defensive identity, um, you know, and really hammer that home. And, and, and it's not a fun time necessarily for the players, working on a lot of closeouts and slides and communication. Um, and then, you know, when we get into that, you know, um, actual when the season starts, the 20-hour the weeks, you um, you know, again, continuing to establish our identity. And, and we've had, you know, look, we've had a good off offseason. Uh, I've liked it. Um, you know, this is a fun time of year because there's no pressure playing. There's no minutes that are divvied up. You know, you're really building on your on your team. And, um, and I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, and so I want to get into some of those faces. You talked about uh, Ben and Kobe. Just how important are those guys this year uh, from a leadership perspective on the team? I, I think, number one, they've had success, right? They've had success individually in the league. Um, they know what the grind's like. Uh, you know, they're able to, to look at, you know, not only the young freshmen that we have coming in, but also the new faces, right? We have two fifth-year um, Division two guys, right, So that are very talented, that have had success in their own right at the collegiate level. But they've got to come in and essentially be freshmen all over again, um, um, and, and, and just having leadership like that, um, you know, Preston's been huge for us too. We start for us last year, he earned a scholarship, but he's been through that grind. He's played big minutes. And so having those guys, you know, be able to communicate and, and, and having been through it, I mean, is really huge for us. Absolutely. So uh, some of the new faces coming in, 
Um, you know, if you look at the roster, you see 6'8", uh, Ibram Bayou, uh, pardon my pronunciation if I got that wrong, and then you see 6'10", yeah. on the yeah. roster, roster with Jerome Palm. You know, just kind of curious your thoughts around those new guys. Well, you know, those two in particular are very athletic, right? And um, Jerome, we actually saw, um, we were recruiting a, um, a guard out of Florida. Uh, we saw Jerome, um, and I thought he was very under-recruited. I mean, he had some you know, some schools on him, but um, I think a lot of people thought that he was going to stay another year in JUCO, um, which he was eligible for. Um, we recruited him pretty hard, and Valpo was the place he wanted to be. And, um, you know, we think with his size um, and his athleticism, right, he's going to be able to affect the game defensively, rebounding, um, and then he can score. Um, you know, um, he plays well off of others. And, um, you know, Ebra was an, was an interesting case. Um, he really uh, was a highly, highly recruited um, player had some injury stuff um, his junior and senior year, and uh, and so a lot of the schools around him fell off. We kind of just stayed in there, and um, you know, like like any freshman, right? There's going to be some growing pains, but but um, you know, he can really affect the game um, athletically. You know, speaking of the recruiting, you know, on your roster historically and then also this year with these two guys specifically, you've done well in the international scene of bringing in international players and uh, fit in the Valpo mode. Is there something unique about Valparaiso or your approach, or is it just kind of through happenstance that, you know, you kind of do well with the international on the international scene? Well, I think anytime you do well in a certain you've established yourself um, in that area. So for us, right, for years, we've done well with international players. So we have connections over there. Um, and I think, you know, one thing we always say to, to recruits is, right, have they had success um, with players like you in the past? And if they've had, like, now you can speak some truth into maybe their role and what you see for them. And I think that that's just been, you know, how we've recruited internationally. Um, I think it helps, you know, that we're located right outside of Chicago, right? We're about an hour pretty much in a direct flight. And I think that helps a lot too. Um, and so, um, you know, for us, right, you're making that transition from another country you know, to Valpo. Uh, it's a nice place to live, right? And there's been a lot of success with it. And that's how we've been able to build it that way and recruit that way. Absolutely. Uh, we're looking forward to the season. This is the last question, Coach. Um, and so the name of the podcast is the March to Arch podcast. So I always have to bring up Arch Madness. Um, you know, I'm thinking a certain year is really going to come um, to mind for you. Kind of what's your thoughts around Arch Madness, and is there a specific moment that really just kind of resonates with, with you as your your favorite moment um, of Arch Madness so far? Well, I don't think, it, you know, talking about Arch Madness, we can't, um, you know, I can't say. Like, obviously, we've had some success in the tournament, which has been great. Um, but it's the best-run tournament I've been associated with. Um, love the crowds, love the energy, love the local, um, the facility that we play. Um, and, you know, it really is a tournament where anyone can beat anyone at any time, right? And obviously we made our run a couple of years ago. Um, we're a couple of minutes from the NCAA tournament that didn't happen. Um, and, and, um, and, you know, and even playing, you know, like, like last year we were seven seed and, and we gave Missouri State, I think, everything that they wanted in that tournament. And, um, and so, you know, you get high-level talent, coaching, um, great facility, um, you know, great environment, right? It's going to be a great tournament. And I think that's, uh, that's you know, you know, rung true for as many years as this tournament's been around. And so um, we're super excited about it. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different format this year with the added teams and everything. But, but again, it's, it's, it's a world-class event, no doubt about it. 
I'm definitely excited. We're going from three and a half days of uh, ball in, in March in St. Louis to four full sessions. Um, and once again, Coach Matt Lodick of the Valparaiso Beacons, thank you so much for joining us uh, to, to talk Valley Hoops as you close out the summer season and get ready for the fall. And then obviously non-conference is just around the corner. Thanks again for joining us, Coach. You bet, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, Valley fans, we are pleased to be joined today by a man going into his fifth season in Springfield, and he's also coming off a bid to the NIT in 2021-22. The head coach of the Missouri State Bears, Coach Dana Ford. Coach, how are we today? I am doing great. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, Before I dive into things with the Bears, I'd be remiss as a Redbird fan here uh, if I didn't at least touch on your time in normal just a little bit. Uh, Illinois State, you played there for four seasons, recruited by Tom Richardson, and played under Porter Mosier as well. Um, and then eventually came back as an assistant coach under Dan Muller. Uh, so my question about your time in normal is what, what about your time here helps you build you into the coach that you are today? Well, I guess the best thing about my time there is that's also where I first saw my wife was on the campus of Illinois state. So, um, you know, and she has probably impacted my, my coaching, especially my philosophy, probably more than anyone, um, just just from the standpoint of, of being demanding without being demeaning, which is something that we try to emphasize. But, um, you know, I tell you, I was very fortunate because um, those are three really good coaches that you mentioned. Tom Richardson, I learned a lot from him. Uh, he served under Kevin Stallings and then Porter Moser. Uh, although things at Illinois State didn't quite work out as 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 everyone planned, Looking back, now being a head coach, a lot of what he uh, emphasized during his time at Illinois State, that was some very valuable things, especially for a young coach like myself. And then, um, you know, Dan Muller, um, you know, we're really good friends. And, and um, you know, I know that things didn't end well for him the last couple of years, but he still uh, won a championship there. And uh, he, he's done an unbelievable job uh, in regards to, playing there, coaching there, being on the championship side, uh, doing both those, those um, stays. So um, I, I really, really learned a lot, just philosophy, um, recruiting, um, just, you know, how to be more than just a coach. Uh, th- those are a lot of things that, that I've learned while I was in normal. So I got to ask you this, and, and I always wondered, you are you have a unique experience playing here and coaching here uh, before you went to Missouri State. Is it weird at all to walk into RBA to coach a game on the other side of the court at all, or was it weird at least the first time? Yeah, the first time it was it was very weird. I was the um, as a head coach, you know, even as an assistant coach, it was weird. I want to say the first time I walked in, I was an I was a graduate assistant at Wichita State. Okay. Greg Marshall's first season. And, and that was weird. I mean, that, that, you know, just having spent so much time at Illinois State, having grown up there, uh, that was weird. And then when I was the head coach at Tennessee State, walking in as a head coach was was extremely weird as well. But but my time here at Missouri State hasn't been uh, uh, too, too out of the norm because I'd already had those experiences uh, uh, earlier. Uh, the, the weirdest it's ever been at Illinois State is, is the back-to-back COVID that we played. Mm-hmm. Uh, no fans, 
benches on the other side. Uh, that 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 was um, that that was uh, <laughs> that was extremely weird that time. Yeah, I'm sure that's something that you you hope you don't have to play in front of an empty gym again for a long oh, time. But, oh, I don't uh, think so. Uh, moving on to the 22-23 season, um, we got three new faces in the league, Murray State, Belmont, and Illinois, Chicago. I, I definitely want to ask you what are your thoughts on uh, the three new schools coming into the league and uh, going to a 20-game regular season schedule? You know, I think, first of all, you, you have to acknowledge that losing Loyola is a blow to our league um, in which we, we've been dealt these blows in the past. We lost Creighton. We lost, we lost Wichita. And now we lose Loyola. But 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 the beauty of it is we we've seemed to always kind of uh, rebound from that and 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 you know uh, Loyola making it to the Final Four a year after Wichita left that 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 was really big for our league and 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 I really anticipate now that we have a better league from top to bottom by adding three uh, teams and uh, when you look at UIC uh, keeping that Chicago market. But UIC is a really good job. The real UIC is a, a great basketball opportunity. And prior to Loyola's run to the Final Four, many people in our business thought UIC was a better job. And and now when you make the Final Four, that 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 takes you to a whole other level. But UIC has a lot of potential. Um, I think Belmont, when you look over the last 10, 12 years, uh, their resume speaks for itself, and and they've won. Uh, a, a numerous championships, whether it be regular season or conference. Uh, and not only have they done it, but they've been able to do it in, in two leagues already. And, and they operate at a very high level, a great city in Nashville. That's another market that we now have uh, that you can add on to Chicago as well as St. Louis. So, so their addition uh, brings a lot of, a lot of positives. And then uh, Murray state, I mean, it just speaks for itself. I, I think uh, by now being in our league, automatically they go to the top of most NCAA tournament appearances. I don't know if there's anyone in our league that has more than Murray State. And uh, they totally dominated the conference for, for decades. And, and, and um, you know, they love basketball in, in the state of Kentucky, and that includes Murray, Kentucky. So uh, that, that'll be an extremely um, a nice addition in regards to basketball. So I, I, I think the decision to add three when you lose one will lessen the blow, but but we, I think, really hit a home run when you look at who we were able to add. I mean, that's very impressive, and and I guess our presidents, our, our commissioner, they, they deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it was kind of the, the three perfect teams. If you were going to add two, three new teams, those were the three you would have went with, but um, I actually had, we had Coach DeVries on earlier this week, and um, he didn't hide the fact that he wasn't such a fan of this, but what are your thoughts on playing two conference games in the middle of December? Yeah, I think it's horrible. And, and, and you know, I, I voiced my displeasures last year with one, and now we have two. And th th there's a lot of reasons that, that, it, that it's not ideal. Uh, now, I understand that we have to go to a 20-game uh, schedule, uh, and I understand that we have to play these games uh, early in December in order to finish our conference season in a timely manner to keep our, our slot for our championship game on CBS. And those things are, are things that we, we, we need to continue to have. But um, from a coaching standpoint, uh, the challenge is, number one, is it really puts a, uh, a strain on your ability to, to, to schedule non-conference games. And, 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 and when you take out an entire week 
see, see, not not only are you taking out that week, but everyone takes out finals week as well. So, so now it's it's like you have two finals weeks, and 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 it, it's just uh, extremely difficult uh, when you're trying to get some balance to your non-league schedule. Uh, and so, so that would be my my first complaint. Then my second complaint is I'm not sure teams are 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 ready to compete at a championship level that early in the season, and and um, those games matter. And and when you're in and see if you're in a multi-bid league, then that doesn't matter be, be, because you can go nine and nine in league play. But but when you're in a league in which people frown upon three conference losses in regards to at-large bids. That puts a that puts a strain on you, and 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 we finished last year second, one game behind, and and we lost at Illinois State, I think, in, in, in the beginning of December. So, um, it's not ideal. Uh, I hope there's something that we can do about it moving forward, but um, I understand uh, at this point in time why, why we're going to 2020 games. I think, but hopefully after this year, we can continue to evaluate this situation. And just make it better for for our league, because like I said, you know, you don't want one of your best teams slipping up early in December. And now you may cost yourself literally a, a bid to the to the big dance. No, that's a good, that's awesome perspective, coach. I um, yeah, it's, it's definitely and I, I imagine it's hard to and, and I'm not saying your players aren't motivated, but it's hard to get them up for a conference game after you've been playing some of these non-conference games. Like, you know, say, hey, like this game is going to matter just the same as a game at the end of February. We got to get ready to play. It's a different approach, you know. It's 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 not that you take opponents um, uh, uh, different, but the mindset, the stakes, what's mm-hmm. on the line, just just human nature. Um, and and you know, it's it's almost like you, you 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 know you think you're 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 almost like a football coach, where your first game of the year, your second game of the year could could literally be against a conference opponent. Yep. And so you you really got to be ready to go and. And we've really emphasized our summer workouts this year, as well as our, our, our fall workouts that we started uh, when, when school started. And, and we really cranked them up a notch due, due to the fact that, that we're going to have to compete early in December. Um, and so I think today's the, the, the first day of September. So I guess we're, I mean, what are we, 12 weeks away, right? Yep. Uh, October, November, December of playing for a conference, right? And so we, we've really got to be ready. No doubt, no doubt. Um, hey, now on to the, the team you have this year. The Bears uh, coming off a great season last year, going to an NIT uh, led by Prim and Mosley. Now you lose both of them. Um, so it's kind of turning a page to a new era. And so how do you – how hard is it for you to kind of – you had a style where, you know, you went through those two guys quite a bit, but now you have to kind of turn the page, but still kind of keep with the momentum of the success you just had the last season. So what kind of challenges does that bring for you, coach? Well, you know, every year is a challenge, you know, and, and, and what we try to do is we, we try to um, train in a way in which we, we can, you know, when it's time to compete, you know, sink to that level of, of, of training, that level of preparation. And so a lot of what we do, from a philosophy standpoint, from a mindset standpoint, will be the same. But strategically, we'll have to do it differently because we just simply have different personnel. And, uh, you know, what what we did as a staff was we, sorry, my lights just went off here. We anticipated that um, we were going to 
to lose uh, Isaiah in the portal just because of the landscape of today's world of NIL. And, and so if you're going to lose two heavyweights that in Prim and Mosley, then what you, what you need to do is one of two things, either try to replace them, which is very difficult to do at our level, or build a team where um, the sum of that is better than its individual parts. And, and that's really what we feel like we've, we've done. And so how we've gone about it in, in the last couple of years with two dynamic offensive players is outscoring people. Well, I think this year we're, we're going to have to really defend. I mean, and, and, and we're really going to have to uh, turn people over and we're really going to have to uh, 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 get on the offensive glass. And, and so uh, we'll just have to figure out ways to do it that have been a little bit different than, than how we've had to do it the last couple of years. But but I don't think you go about it trying to replace. You, you just kind of reinvent yourself. And, and I told our staff, you know, it's, it's great to reinvent yourself coming off of 23 wins as opposed to try to reinvent yourself coming off of nine. And, and so we're, we're really excited about the group we've put together. And um, we, we, we love the flexibility that we have, the interchangeable parts. And we love the, the fact that we could be a, a very elite defensive team. Well, I know when you talk about defense, Redbird fans' ears perk up because they, they know the defender that you are, Coach, as a player. Um, before we go more into the team, I do want to ask you about the transfer portal. What are your, what are your kind of thoughts on the transfer portal today as, um, kind of as it currently is? You know, so, so there's a, a couple different ways to view it. Uh, you know, although I'm a, I'm a coach of college basketball, I've also been a player. Uh, before I was a player, I was a fan. And so, you know, my fan perspective um, is, is, is one of, of displeasure. You know, as a fan, I, I, would, I don't like the fact that each year there, there are new players on the roster and, and um, it just seems not to be uh, uh, about the, the, the sport. You know, it, it's something else now that's bigger in the room than the actual sport. And, and, and that's what happens when you – when you start allowing uh, what, what we do now, then as a coach, you look at it as, uh, or excuse me, as a player, um, I'm not sure that, that, that it would have been something that I enjoyed mm -hmm. uh, be, be, because, um, you know, when, when I decided to go to Illinois state, you know, from the moment I set foot on campus, I, I, I envisioned myself going to school there for four years and, and developing as a man and, 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 you know, when I got married, uh, uh, about seven years after leaving campus, half of my wedding party was were my teammates from Illinois State, and so that's hard to do if you're going to be at a school for one year, as opposed to if you're going to be there for X amount of years. And 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 then as a coach, um, you know, it's it's one of those things to where it hurts the relationships because you know, you're, you're supposed to be in something together, but at the same time, when you're at our level, it gives you the capabilities to potentially recruit uh, players that have talent levels in which they may not have listened to you just literally nine months ago mm -hmm. because they had the opportunity to play uh, at a power five school. So, so there's just a lot of different ways to look at it. And uh, what we try to do is we try to, um, you know, divvy up how we feel about it and, and, and not so much, do, do we concern ourselves with being a fan? 
but but number one, we're coaches and we yeah. want to make we want to we want to take what we're allowed to do and use it to our best advantage. Mm-hmm. But then as a player, we try to coach them through those life experiences that we have. So it's it's just one of those processes that you have to uh, have a different approach about. And, and um, but but it's it's all good is, is how we kind of describe it. Yeah, it's a new challenge for everybody in the Valley, for sure. Um, back to the team, though, you know, after losing the two leaders from last year, uh, you're still returning Donovan Clay, who was a big minutes guy for you guys last year, um, which is big for you guys to at least on a leadership standpoint, having someone established on the team. Um, what are your overall thoughts, though, with your roster? Uh, it looks to be pretty formidable this year. Um, it's different. A lot of Valley fans are going to look at it and be like, not know a ton of the names. Um, I know Brian Trimble is a guy that a lot of people are excited to see. Um, kind of what are your overall thoughts on the roster this year and what makes you excited about them? Yeah, you know, I, I, I love our roster and, and, and what I, there, there are a few things that, that I love about it. And, and number one, it's a, it's a, it's a very together, cohesive group. And, and, and what, what that allows for is that allows for toughness and mental, physical, emotional toughness and so what, what that allows for is, 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 is to be coachable. And, and now if, if we're doing our job as coaches, what we have to emphasize is just the, the daily process of what it takes in order to be whatever it is that, that we're saying we want to be. And so our level of commitment this year is, is very high. And, and that, that allows for us to do things that are painful and, and things that, that, that lead to, to winning. And so, um, you know, that's that's what I'm most excited about is just the the totality of of what we've been able to put together personality wise, competitive wise. And and, um, it's got a great balance to it. Um, It's different than in the past, but 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 it's something that that we're extremely excited about. And and we look forward to coaching them every day. And and um, that's that's probably. Where, where I would like to start. Then, then, then I think the second part about it is, you know, it's, it's a talented roster mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, you, you have to have some level of talent when, when, when things break down and, and we've got talented defenders, we've got talented offensive players, we've got talented rebounders. We, we've got, we, we have just a variety of talent that will allow for us to make up for some of our mistakes and, um, you know, so I'm really excited and, and um, it's, it's one of those situations where this group, it's, it's got a sprinkle of old and new in regards to age. And um, it's got a, a sprinkle of guys that have been there where we're trying to go and guys that have been close. And so we, we, we've got a nice mixture of, of everything that we need. And, and um, you know, our, our biggest challenge will be how do we respond to adversity? Yeah. And, and I think that's going to be everyone's challenge right throughout the year. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to how we respond because we feel like we've got a tough group. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so with all the unknowns, um, it's, I know it's probably hard for you to put a put a number on it or put any kind of thoughts around this. But what are your kind of expectations just overall going into the season? What are your goals for this group um, in this season specifically? Yeah, our expectations, they, they, they don't change, even though, you know, maybe, maybe some personnel changes, we expect to compete for championships. And um, we've done that three out of four years. And, yeah. and um, you know, we, we want to be in the arena, right? We, we, we want to be in there when, when it's when it's on the line. And, and, and I think 
for us, what, what we have to continue to do is we, we expect our guys uh, to continue to what we call water our roots. And, and we've, we've selected what we feel like are, are just the roots of our program in this year's team and, and just to continue to come in every day and, and water those roots and, 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 and play what, what we define as winning basketball. And, and so we, we feel like uh, if, if we continue to water our roots, then eventually we'll, we'll reap the, the, the benefits of, of, our, of our labor. And, and so um, that ultimately is my expectation, is, is just that type of commitment to the process of, of what it takes to compete for a championship. And um, we, we know that, that without a doubt um, that once we're in the, in the arena, once we're once we're right there in the arena, we'll, we'll have an opportunity to to beat uh, everyone that we play, and 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 then you know it'll come down to who made the most winning plays, and and uh, it'll come down to the last six minutes, right? And 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 who was the tougher team, and and um, you know that's that's kind of what our expectation is is and, and will always be. Very good, very good. So hey, coach, we get you out of here on this one. We are the March to the Arch podcast, so as the name implies, Arch Madness very close to home for us. Um, what are your overall thoughts on going down to St. Louis with your team? And do you have any, do you have a specific moment that's maybe your favorite moment as a player or coach uh, in St. Louis? You know, I love, I love, I love Arch Madness. Um, I first experienced it back in 2003, would have been March of 03, would have been my freshman year at, at uh, Illinois State. And, and I've been there as a player, as a, as a, as a, as a graduate assistant, as an assistant, as a head coach. And um, I, I think my favorite memory to date has to be um, the, the year as a player, maybe my sophomore, junior year, where we beat Bradley at, at Arch Madness. And, 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 you know, with that, that rivalry, Illinois State Bradley to, to have that game, although I think it was a Thursday game, it was still a big deal to, yeah. <laughs> to both programs. Uh, so that would definitely be a, a good memory. Um, and then in regards to a, a coach, you know, these last two years have, have been uh, the things that stick out to me because, you know, I'm a firm believer that, that in, in, order, to, in order to take the next step, there has to be something that we can pull from and, and just the pain of, of, of losing to Drake the last two years in the semifinals, in my opinion, that's, that's a positive because that's, you know, that's what I go to when I need something to help me, whether it be in the middle of August or whether it be in the middle of December, right. You know, what, what's, what's driving you today and and um just just that just that pain from from those two losses are, are probably things that stick out to me but it's a great tournament i'm excited because murray state's probably going to bring some fans mm -hmm. um i always tell my staff um it will it will be hard to ever duplicate the fan base of creighton and wichita especially when they're good because they really travel well but what i do know is this the potential of Missouri State winning it, which would be the first time in, in a very long time, that would bring a wave of, of Missouri State fans. 
then when Illinois State's good, they always attend well. When Bradley's good, they would attend well. When Southern Illinois is good, they attend very well. And now you have Murray State. And so we, we just need our teams that travel to St. Louis well to be our better teams, and we'll get some of that atmosphere back. Will it ever reach when I played back in the early 2000s and Southern's playing Creighton in the championship, 20-plus thousand? I don't know. I mean, but but who is who is who's who is getting twenty plus thousand? Right? <laughs> I don't even know if the Big Twelve's doing. It. No. But 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 I, I do like some of the things that we're doing. Uh, we're going to do some community service in, in that St. Louis area, and um, I think you know having a, a, a fresh wave of, of administrators in the in the conference office may bring about some more new innovative techniques in regards to fan engagement, but. I know that being at Missouri State, if, if we can start to, to to crack that code of winning in Arch Madness, then that, that's going to really help as well. No doubt about it. And Coach, as this Redbird fan, um, I loved your first answer, by the way, with Bradley ISU. So that, made, that makes me happy, obviously. Uh, yeah. But, hey, Coach, thank you so much for doing the show, um, and best of luck to you this season. You got it, man. Go Bears. All right, Valley fans, this has been episode three where we talked a little bit about the conference schedule getting dropped. We had head coach Matt Waddick of the Valparaiso Beacons and head coach Dana Ford of the Missouri State Bears. Had some good conversation as they head into the 2022-2023 Missouri Valley Conference season. Baker, where can people find and interact with us in the interim? Yeah, you guys can find us on Twitter at MarchArchPod, at MarchArchBaker. MarchArchPodcast.com is our website um coming going forward we will have uh our next episode we're going to start diving into the teams uh doing a breakdown and preview of all 12 teams uh on the next episode we will have the evansville purple aces the valparaiso beacons and the drake bulldogs and we will also be joined by paul oren of the victory bell uh so you guys uh, definitely be on the lookout here in the next couple weeks for that episode as we start to try to get back into our weekly flow uh of shows and uh yeah we got some really good great guests coming up we uh we're going to have some uh, some big-time previews uh, leading up until uh, November when we uh, hit the actual games on the schedule. And we can't wait for that day to come. And with that, I'll say, go Valley. Start talking about the Valley. Why not? <laughs>